Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. GMG Vikings versus Packers, the pregame show. We cannot start out 0-1-1. Come on, guys, just wait. You know what tomorrow will be? You know what tomorrow is? Wait till tomorrow. You know what tomorrow is? Tomorrow is 221 fucking days since the Super Bowl. By the time the Vikings play, that'll be 224 fucking days. 224 days to wait for a loss. That doesn't go over well in my house. No. <laughs> we didn't wait 224 fucking days to lose to the shitty fucking team from Wisconsin. Not having it. And you can leave that on tape. You can leave it. Vikings, 38 to 28. Well, 38. Did I just say 38? Wait a Gellahorn, we gather once again. Welcome to the pregame show where we're looking at week one against that team from Wisconsin as they come into U.S. Bank Stadium to take on your beloved Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) With me tonight is Drew and Rhino to talk. Week one football. Now, the biggest news of the day, uh, of the week so far, that we've heard is that our star, absolute stud, Pro Bowl defensive end, Daniil Hunter, was placed on IR for at least three weeks. And luckily... Because it's the COVID season, the rules were jiggered, and it has to be a minimum of three weeks instead of the usual six. And there's uh, he was designated to return, and all the limits on the designated to return players have been lifted. It used to be one, and then last year it went to two, and this year is anybody can return. So that's good news on that front. But as reported by... Courtney Cronin of ESPN, it is a suspected neck issue that he suffered on Mm. August 14th, and I think that was around the first day of practice or somewhere in there. And uh, that's the, quote, tweak, as Mike Zimmer tells us. It's more than a damn tweak if he's going on IR. But Ryan, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right. I'm... The GMG uh, on on location reporter tonight. I'm out in Montana, and the consensus out here is that team from Wisconsin still sucks. So <laughs> it's it's going across the nation. There we go. 
There we go. There we go. Like, look, he's going across country and he still puts the banner up in the background. What a gamer, dude. Absolutely. Above all, I am a professional. How is my... <laughs> <laughs> No, you're not. You wouldn't be on this freaking show if you were. Um, hey, it's it sounded good. Good to good to see you, Rhino. Glad you're with us. And uh, it's concerning to me that I heard Zimmer say he was going to be ready to go a couple days ago. Maybe I was just hearing things, but a uh, couple things is it definitely leaves leaves me in worry mode for week one. Being a team for Wisconsin and Aaron Rodgers is always a problem, but more. My biggest concern is, for one, it's a neck. Those things are always scary uh, when it comes to lingering and lasting a long time. And quite frankly, a lot of neck injuries end up guys don't play anymore. Um, so I don't know. I guess the seriousness of it and how long he's going to be out is more of a concern for the for this Sunday, of course. But uh, <clears throat> It makes a lot more sense now why we jumped on uh, Ngakwe, though. Yeah, with, with week one, you know, of course, we're going to have to shift something around there. But I was more worried about, I mean, it's three weeks. I mean, if we have to get by for three weeks and we get him back, then, I mean, you don't want to lose him for any games. But if we only miss him for three, those, you know, with the neck injury, if it wasn't the neck thing, I would be a lot less concerned over that injury because those could be bad. But we're just, it is what it is. We have to move on, guys. See what happens. Next man up. Next man up. Well, what it looks like is Unique Ngakwe will start at the right defensive end, and Afedi will move over into Daniil Hunter's spot, and that means both of them will getting will be getting the majority of snaps the entire game. Yeah. So, but both being fresh, first game of the season. It should be good. I don't expect them to wear out by the third quarter. So, we'll see. We'll see. And yeah. both of them should be able to generate some pressure. I think they should. I mean, that's why we brought Ngakwe in is because of his ability to do that. And we saw last year that, you know, Denebo, I mean, in a backup rotational role, he only had one less sack than Everson Griffin did. So Yeah, it played a, th- a third of the snaps, too. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So now, if he can do that, you know, with a lot larger sample size, remains to be seen. But, you know, what we saw last year was pretty good. So, Well, and looking at the injury reports that came out today, Minnesota's injury report had zero personnel on it. However, this is Wednesday as we record. We did find out that Neil Hunter was put on IR. But the rest of the team's healthy, which is a good thing. Now, that team from Wisconsin's injury report, however, was a little bit longer. It had five individuals on it. It had three that were limited participation. Uh, Montrevious Adams, defensive lineman with a toe. Oren Burks, linebacker with a groin. And Raven Green, safety, with a quadricep. Now, it had two other players on there. Randy Ramsey, linebacker, with a groin who did not participate. And the big one that might help Effetti is Billy Turner, who is now their right tackle because their starting right tackle is out. 
he was a do not did not participate due to a knee issue. So hopefully Fetty has a good game rounding his corner. Yeah, even if Turner plays, he's probably not going to be at a hundred percent. So that does. I mean, we'll take any little advantage we can get right now with what's going on. So I mean, I, I think we're going to ma- the the line's going to match up pretty well. I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the key I'm still worried about is what the the run the run defense, but we're going to find out. Hey, maybe that big loud crowd noise will help. I heard today they play at seventy to ninety decibels. Which I think is ridiculous because U.S. Bank gets over 110 decibels, easy. You know, at times. So, right. You know what's well, what's going to make a difference? Getting to Rogers, not the decibel level. Well, the decibel level for opposing teams it makes it hard to hear, especially for the linemen, and they've got to go off silent counts, and it frustrates the offense because. The great fans in Minnesota are so loud. They're not going to have that issue this season, or at least the beginning of the season, until they get start getting in fans and in massive numbers to where they can make a difference. Thursday night, the first game of the season, we have, who is it? We have Kansas City and Texas. Texans. Texans in Kansas City. Now, Kansas City is playing with, they're having up to 25% occupancy of their stadium. And Kansas City, Arrowhead, has always been loud. It's going to be interesting to see how loud 25% is. I doubt it's not even going to come close. No, I'm none sure of the not. Ven- none of the venues are going to be the same. None of them. Yeah. But, you know, what, one, th- one thing on that noise standpoint, you know, that I haven't heard a lot talked about, but I was – listening to radio show today and they were talking about it, you know, they're going to have to cut the quarterback and everybody's going to have to be a little more careful in the huddle because the defense is not that far away. So when they're talking, you know, calling plays and whatever, all else you got, you know, they're right there. They're going to be able to hear what's coming. If they, you know, if they have any indication whatsoever, what the play is. That's going to be, interesting. So I guess I never thought of yeah. that. I would be tempted if I was one of the coaches. I don't know if you remember this. How old are you, Rhino? 45. Remember back in the early 70s, Kansas City used to do this. Remember, Dave, they used to line up their linemen and then their receivers with their back to the defense, and then Mm -hmm. Lenny Dawson would stand in front of them and talk to them? Yep. Remember that line? Remember that? Mm -hmm. I think they were the only ones. Maybe them and a couple other teams did it, but it was like a standing huddle. It wasn't the round huddle. Right. So their backs were to the defense and they because they thought that, you know, People couldn't hear them that way. Be interesting to see if, if somebody goes to some kind of different setup. One of the NFL teams goes to a different huddle setup because I had never thought of that until Rhino. And I'm glad Ryan mentioned that. But you know why he mentioned it? Because he's a professional. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan prepares himself for this show. He doesn't just go fly by night flying around Montana and shit. He gets his stuff ready. No, I am flying around Montana, but you know. <laughs> I am psyched this is the opener, guys. Drew is psyched. Because it's, we jump right into it, our rivalry, it's going to be the team from Wisconsin and the Vikings all the way down the wire. I think this is the two teams are going to fight out in the North, fight for the North title. The fact that uh, Zimmer didn't beat them last year and got kind of embarrassed at home, well, pushed around at home. It should be interesting on that. 
the fact that we're jumping right into this week one excites me. I want to get this thing go. Let's get this fight started. And I am concerned about their running game because they ran all over us last year. So our run defense, I don't know if it's any better. Uh, we'll find out. Shamar Stephan should be at nose, and we should have, uh, was it, Jill, Jaleel Johnson? Jaleel, I think Jaleel Johnson is at, at th- the three-tech right now, and then you got Armand Watts and back Lynch and a couple other guys that are back. We got, look at the storylines. we got Aaron Jones, who ran all over us. Uh, Zadarius Smith, who got like four sacks. Remember, both Cousins, both Cousins, Smiths. Cousins got sacked five times last game. Offensive line broke down. Jones ran all over us. Then we got Aaron Rodgers against our young DBs. We were mm-hmm. getting thrown to the fire week one. There's just a lot of really good storylines involved in this one. And then the fact that Zimmer hasn't beaten LaFleur yet. So it's – I, I love fact, it. I love it. And the fact that nobody's played a, a preseason game or anything. Yeah, so nobody man. knows what, what you're going to get until we step on the field on, at noon on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest storyline of all of them right mm-hmm. there. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really – I'm excited that we're starting out with a game that's of this magnitude, of this caliber. How sloppy! Oh, it's football be very do you sloppy. It, it's it's going to be AAFXFL type sloppy, I think, for the first couple of weeks until everybody gets kind of their legs back under them in actual game conditions and stuff again. Because it's you know with with no live. I mean, they did a sc- couple of scrimmages. Well, you know, scrimmages are not at 100. percent They're not. Mm-hmm. You know, game condi- You know, you're not they tackling went- to the ground at full. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, I mean, it it could be messy, but it's still football. I think so. it's going to be more sloppy uh, scheme wise than it is fundamental wise. I don't think the fumbles and, and turnover and interceptions. I don't think that's going to be any more than it usually is. But the fact that it's game one and the schemes haven't really been ever been so limited. This could be a shootout, man. Easy. Mm-hmm. Could be. Guys running around wide open, Irv Smith catching a pass, and there's nobody within 35 yards of him. That oh, kind of stuff could easily happen. Oh, that would be sweet. Now, I'm interested in seeing how the referees play and deal with the new electronic whistles. Since they'll be wearing masks, they can't do the normal pfft, keep the whistle in the mouth or keep it on their finger deal. They'll be carrying electronic whistles. I'm curious how that's going to sound because that's new to us. We've watched football for 50 years, and it's always been, you know, a normal whistle. Right. I'm more worried about their crappy calls than their whistles. Are they going to get the oh, right I'm call? I'm sure that's going to happen too. And that's another oh, advantage absolutely. to having fans. <laughs> fans, when they talk about home field advantage, fan noise and reaction sways. They've documented it, studied it sways officiating calls more than it does almost anything else. Hey, that oh, uh, that, P, that PI challenge is gone now, right? We're not dealing with that anymore. Mm, right? I that challenge. Know. I thought it got uh, eliminated. I, I think you're right, but I'm not 100% sure. I thought or, there, there, or at least there was a change to it. I don't remember exact uh, exactly what it was, but I okay. think it's different than it was last year. So we don't end up with one of those offensive pass interference is on Dalvin Cook 10 minutes after the freaking play is over. Yeah, I thought like, it got eliminated, last year. but I might be wrong. I'm going to call, it, I'll, I'll, call I'll call Kay Adams when we're done here and figure it out. Okay. Tell her hi for me. Yeah. yeah she, she's real mad at you. Oh, I'm sure she is. 
you stood her up for that dinner, so she doesn't. <laughs> a little chalky there, water, a little murky waters, Dave. I'll, but I'll try to, I'll try to soften the feel I for you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> how are you guys watching the game Sunday? With my eyes, probably sitting on the couch. With your eyes, <laughs> your mind. It's gonna take your brain, your mind, your eyes, and your brain. Have you I'm got just a, hanging you, out here. Yeah, I'm just yeah. hanging out here. Have you got enough remotes for this season? Yes. Okay. The remotes have the remotes have I only go through four or five now. Season I'm cutting way down. Okay. Um, good. Yeah. I think you're mel- you're mellowing in as you get older there, Drew. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> better be the year. We need our title this year. Um just gonna I'm all ready to go like I usually am for that. No volume, turn the volume down. I'm not going to be on on any game threads this year because I want to dial into the game more. I don't want to do any. I'm not going to be doing any threads this year. I'll probably be following about the fourth quarter, but um, I got a little bit different setup. I'm just going to. I'll be here in the house. And we're, I don't think anybody else is traveling around to a bar or anything, are they? No. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit in my recliner and watch it on my 65 inch big screen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be a good, good start. You know, coming out of the gate, this is, you can't say game of the year for a week one contest, but it's pretty damn, pretty damn close. Well, and, you know, for both of us, the the first couple, three weeks is pretty big. I mean, uh, that the team from Wisconsin also has to go to New Orleans, I think is, I don't know if it's week two or week three. So, you know, we beat them. Sunday and they lose to New Orleans, they could be one and two after three games. And then, you know, when we're sitting there at three and oh, I like the way you think. That's no easy <laughs> task going down there and winning. Uh-uh. No, no, Although we'll we have didn't. it on Christmas Day. But with that, there isn't a whole lot to pregame because nobody's seen squat this. Summer and there was no well, preseason. Give me, give me your, you guys, give me your keys to the game. Let's go three keys, each of you. <clears throat> let me hear. Let me see your, your main three. If you had to point to three things, I mean, my three things is the run defense. You know, I'm a little concerned about how we're going to hold up. You know, when we're running up, you know, when they start running up the middle on us, with, you know, no longer having Linval and then. Pierce out, you know, I mean, Stefan's a good run defender. So I'm hoping, you know, he can kind of plug it up there, but that remains to be seen. Um, our offensive line against their defense, you know, the, the two Smiths and all, you know, they they gave Cousins fits last year, and I, we haven't gotten any better on the offensive line as far as I'm concerned. Well, but, according to Mike Zimmer, Dakota Dozier's stronger this year. And Pat Elf lines back in his natural position. Dozier's a journeyman guard that's played 75 different places and never been a starter at any of them until he got here. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna temper my enthusiasm just a little bit on Dozier. Oh, the rhino just ran over the zimmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you gotta remember Brett Jones was a starter until he got here and now he's on the uh Practice squad. Stop. Oh, speaking yeah, of good. He's on the unsolved mysteries list. But then my third, the third one I've got is the thing that bugs me after we went to the final 53 is we have two safeties just go to break on that the up. roster. And so, I mean, if anything happens to Harris or 
the hitman, I mean, what are we going to do? Well, I mean, so you it's, got, it's, you I, I know they, I know they said Chris Boyd can play safety, and there's a couple of the other guys that can play safety. But the point is, we're still thin. We're very thin. Right. Exactly. So you got exactly. Rhino. Rhino has uh, run defense for the Vikings, Vikings offensive line, and the lack of any kind of depth at safety. Those are all three really good concerns. I am in agreement with all of those. The only one I'm going to add in are the young corners against the sneaky-ass Rodgers because um, he has a tendency to screw with people's minds that are young in the, in the secondary. Dave, go ahead, Dave. Well, Shoot, first, please. I want to correct something about the safety depth. We're not here to have you correct us. That because has it is the COVID season. I graduated a long time ago, Dave. I'm not taking a test here. So. <laughs> because it is the COVID season. The Vikings can dress and activate two people off the practice squad. So instead of 53 active, there's actually 55 active on Sunday. So who's the backup safety? Nate Metters. Oh, that makes me feel much better. Yeah, well, I'm we're, sure. we're good. But at least we're, we we're, we're good. No, no worries there then. Um, but I suspect I Nate Metters will be the backup. And then they he'll said be Harrison's dressed. hand can play safety too. So yeah. Well, yeah. except for they haven't put hand, they haven't tried him. Back there, the Metters has. He's in his second year with the Vikes. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'd wager it'd be Metters, but but I'm thinking Boyd because Boyd has played a little bit in the big nickel type thing. He brought bring him in there, so I mean, I, I think he would probably be first guy in. Mm-hmm. Now, the only person that the Vikings have announced protecting on the practice squad that can protect up to four people from being sniped from other teams. Is McLaughlin the kicker? Uh, well, I mean, and he's he's there in it, case of emergency. That's all he's. Right, there. It makes sense. It makes sense if Bailey gets COVID or whatever. That, that's all he's there. You for. know, that, that's what he's there for. Yeah, but um, the three things I worry about the most for the game, not in your life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I worry about Rogers picking us apart, but I want to. I want to combine that with us getting enough pressure on him via rush packages. And it may not just be Ngakwe and Adenabo. I want, I'd like to see something from the three technique, but if we don't see it from there, I want to see some blitz creations via Barr or Harris or somebody that gets him off his mark. The whole deal about the LaFleur offense that Aaron Rodgers actually was fighting up until this year is that it's a rhythm offense. Well, Aaron Rodgers is great improvising and going outside of rhythm and extending plays. Well, if you bust up a rhythm offense, you generally win. I want to see that done. I want to see what's new in the blitz package realm, the pressure packages, to see how that goes. That's It'd be nice to see, see Rodgers walk into a bar again. But, oh, that, that would is, be uh, sweet. Um, pressuring Rodgers, that's a huge point Dave brings up that neither of us actually brought up. That's probably That probably shoots right to the top of the list. If you don't <laughs> pressure him, you have no chance. Yeah we're, not, yeah, we're screwed. If we can't get pressure on him, we're screwed. I do want to see. I think we can. I do want to see the Vikings run past split and how the receivers are divvied up. Who gets X number of passes? Who is Kirk Cousins favoring? Now, we expect Adam Thielen to be the big number one on that. 
but who else is he using? And if we see more of Irv Smith, especially in the 20s, do we see more BC? Do we see some Jefferson and how he does on his first professional game? And I also want to see on the run side of that run-pass split how Dalvin looks this year, Dalvin and Madison both. And I expect... I mean that's the offense. We're gonna that's what we're gonna see. Obviously the O line's key to that. Hopefully the run blocking is just as good or if not better. And hopefully the pass blocking, if Dozier got better and stronger, is better and stronger than it was last year. So we'll have to see on that end. And on the defensive side, I agree with Drew. I want to see how these young corners perform. I want to see if Zim does a rotation with them to where you get both Gladney and Dantzler in there at the same time or at different times, or if it's just Hughes, Hill, and one of them. And I want to see Hill, you know, return to his flashes of his rookie season. So those are my three biggies. Those are all very good points. I'm going to throw one out there to you guys that we haven't touched on yet, and it's more of a team attitude type thing. How about we start better in this game? Definitely. How about the Vikings come yeah. out and start <clears throat> that, with little intensity rather than standing around, three and out, trying to get – the defense letting a, the TTF drive, drive down, down the on field, the last drive. Yeah. And then we you – know, <clears throat> you, know, you know, they have that sluggish starts they have so many mm-hmm. times. I think it's important that they come out – you know, come out with some intensity and throw the first punch. Can we see the Vikings start from the opening gun and, and just start kicking ass? That's the – Well, <clears throat> and, that, and that's been a problem against – the team from Wisconsin the last couple of years is we always start off just God awful three and out three and out. Didn't we fall down like 21, nothing up at their house last year. Yeah. And brought it back. Yeah. It should have won if somebody hadn't thrown an interception. Yeah. But we fell behind without the team wasn't even ready to play. You can't do that. You can't. That's a a Mike Zimmer fault. You can't, you gotta be ready to play. A lot of his games. He starts out slow. But you, you can't go down 20 points to Rodgers. I mean, because. And know. a lot of it is the whole, we script 15 plays on the offense, and then on the defense, we're evaluating the first 15, first 15 oh. to see what they're doing. Well, I want you evaluating that stuff during, during the week in preparation and then making right. educated choices and then attacking that. Well, I'm going to be looking for a fast start. Well, I want a fast start this week. And on, on that note, Dave, I mean, one thing we haven't really talked about is this is the first time it probably in the entire Zimmer regime here that we basically have the same offense two years in a row, mm-hmm. you know, because Stefanski last year basically was running Kubiak's offense and now, you know, he's in Cleveland, but Kubiak steps in. So there's not going to be a whole lot of new stuff for the guys that were here last year to learn. It's kind of, you know, more of a continuation, and hopefully that'll help us, too. It should. Can they open it up a little more, though? This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, 
It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snacket. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. The Vikings still feel really, to me, overly conservative on offense. I would like to see them open it up a little more. Well, on the scrimmage... It was reported, I want to say by Courtney Cronin again, but it may have been um, Matt Collar. How's Courtney? How's I, Courtney I, she's doing? doing good from what I gather. She was the, Tell her hi from me, will you? Okay, will do. She was the pool reporter for most of the beat writers this preseason. I'd like I, to see yeah. the Vikings come out and attack a little more. I mean, I know they want to establish the run. I know Kubiak is always is up throughout his whole coaching career. He always wants to run it. But in that last um, scrimmage, they were throwing the ball more than the normal. Okay. Than the yeah. and it was, and they were remarking it may be Kubiak trying to open up the pass game even more. And we know he's a legendary offensive guy. He may even make the Hall of Fame um, with a Super Bowl win. So, right. Let's hope that's that's why I was saying I look forward to seeing the pass rush balance to see where it's at. Is it 50-50 or is it 60-40 or, you know, I'm cool with 50-50. Uh, you know, if we open up a big league lead and then we run all the fourth quarter just to run timeout, I'm cool with that. But at the normal part of the game, I want to see are we passing more than we're running? And are we running to set up the pass? I still want to fall into the pattern every first down they run it that up the middle. That they run it up the middle. So they're yep. constantly in second and 12 all night. Can't, <clears throat> I want to see a little bit, mix it up a little bit. Don't be, don't be predictable on offense, but I think it's a, a fast start can really throw that team from Wisconsin. I mean, like Rhino said, we've never started. We don't start fast against them and they do against us. So they're using that against us. Right. And they're going to have the time. Yeah. We're, we're, we're down 14, nothing or 17, three or whatever, you know, before, before we can even take a breath. It's ridiculous, dude. Ridiculous. And I mentioned this last time we talked on the show a little bit. Zimmer's got to be pissed off because of they don't they didn't come into our house and beat us on a last second field goal last year. They came in here and owned the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. They ran it at will. 
they pushed us around. They kicked our ass. Mm -hmm. And there's no that other game, way. To, that game was embarrassing. It was. And that and if you're not pissed off as a head coach, then you're the wrong coach. Because that plus it wasn't to some AFC team. That's your division rival. That add that on top of it. Right. Zimmer the should team. be like smoke coming out of his ears by Sunday going, I want to kick these guys' ass. Now the only good thing, and I don't have the stat up, Zimmer is uh he's got a very high winning percentage on the opening week. He wins well, most of them, if not all of them. Better than having a losing percentage. Oh, yeah. Right. So, we'll find out. Okay. With that, like I, I said, I'm excited. To get, I'm okay. going to get right into it, man. Big divisional game. Why not? This is great. This is Absolutely. way better than easing in, you know, playing the Jags or something. I mean, I'm glad we're getting right to it, man. Okay. I got something for you guys. Bold prediction, each of you. Bold prediction? I got yep. a bold prediction. I got a nasty ass bitching bold prediction. First touchdown is going to be Eric Kendricks pick six, and he Ooh. becomes the only Viking defensive player to ever have two opening day pick six returns. Wow! Because remember, like three years ago, he got the Tennessee. He got that pick six. That was opening yeah. week. So opening week, he'll have a pick six, and he'll become the only player ever to do that. That's my spicy bold. Prediction. Well, mine was, Dave. I thought of it earlier today or yesterday. I suspect these young crop of corners will surprise you, and I expect at least one, probably two, interceptions by them. That's not bold. Well, it is bold for us. How many interceptions did we get from our corners the last couple of years? Rhodes had Rhodes. won the last 12 years. <laughs> right. I think he has three in his career. Yeah. So. No. Two, two is bold. You got to go two at least. Okay, two. Yeah. All right, that's bold. If our young corners came away with two swipes, Drewster would be slap <laughs> happy, happy, chappy, baby. All right, that's a good bold. Okay, Ryan, what's your bold? Uh, Dave kind of stepped on my touchdown call there, but I was I was going to go that uh, hold me closer, tiny dancer picks it off at the end to seal the game. That, I like that. That's bold. Uh huh? And you you named it corner i didn't name him right i think i think dancler's gonna surprise us this year i really do well, cool i'd love to have dancler seal the game i remember uh what's that guy that played corner for us last year that couldn't get his hips flipped around trey, trey waynes waynes had a pretty big pick six a couple seasons ago to yeah, end the did. game against, yep against he was Rogers. a great tackle that so so uh no i like all those if all those bold predictions came true i'd be happy Okay, any last words, Rhino? It's hate week. Uh, we got our rival coming in. We need to start fast. We need to knock them down right away. Don't do this like we were talking earlier. Don't do this. Fall behind by two scores. Crap. Go out there. Put 20 points on the board the first quarter. Shell shock them and then just cruise. Drew? That man just said it perfectly. All I can add to that is meow, meow, Viking cow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, well said. This is our first pregame show with nothing to prep for it because we have no preseason, no nothing. Hope you've liked it. Join us approximately 15 minutes after the game when we go 
GMG Live in the Raw. And joining us for that show will be the great Flip Mozzie. So, looking forward to it. Looking forward to that Viking win. And everybody's oh! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.